0: Section 1 of Old Mother Westwind. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Laurie Ann Walden. Old Mother Westwind by Thornton W. Burgess. Dedication To my mother, to whom I owe so much, and to my little son, whose love of stories inspired these tales, this little volume is affectionately dedicated. CHAPTER I. Mrs. REDWING'S SPECKLED EGG. Old Mother Westwind came down from the purple hills in the golden light of the early morning. Over her shoulders was slung a bag, a great big bag, and in the bag were all of Old Mother Westwind's children, the merry little breezes. Old Mother Westwind came down from the purple hills to the green meadows, and as she walked she crooned a song. Ships upon the ocean wait, I must hurry, hurry on, mills are idle if I'm late, I must hurry, hurry on. When she reached the green meadows, Old Mother Westwind opened her bag, turned it upside down, and shook it. Out tumbled all the merry little breezes, and began to spin round and round for very joy, For you see, they were to lay in the green meadows all day long, until Old Mother Westwind should come back at night and take them all to their home behind the purple hills. First they raced over to see Johnny Chuck. They found Johnny Chuck sitting just outside his door, eating his breakfast. One for very mischief snatched right out of Johnny Chuck's mouth the green leaf of corn he was eating, and ran away with it. Another playfully pulled his whiskers, while a third rumpled up his hair. Johnny Chuck pretended to be very cross indeed, but really he didn't mind a bit, for Johnny Chuck loved the merry little breezes and played with them every day. And if they teased Johnny Chuck, they were good to him, too. When they saw Farmer Brown coming across the green meadows with a gun, one of them would dance over to Johnny Chuck and whisper to him that Farmer Brown was coming, and then Johnny Chuck would hide away, deep down in his snug little house underground and Farmer Brown would wonder and wonder why it was that he never, never could get near enough to shoot Johnny Chuck. But he never, never could. When the merry little breezes left Johnny Chuck, they raced across the green meadows to the smiling pool to say good-morning to Grandfather Frog, who sat on a big lily-pad watching for green flies for breakfast. "'Chug, rum,' said Grandfather Frog, which was his way of saying good-morning." Just then along came a fat green fly, and up jumped Grandfather Frog. When he sat down again on the lily pad, the fat green fly was nowhere to be seen. The Grandfather Frog looked very well satisfied indeed, as he contentedly rubbed his white waistcoat with one hand. "'What is the news, Grandfather Frog?' cried the merry little breezes. "'Mrs. Redwing has a new speckled egg in her nest in the bulrushes,' said Grandfather Frog. "'We must see it cried the merry little breezes, and away they all ran to the swamp where the bulrushes grow. Now someone else had heard of Mrs. Redwing's dear little nest in the bulrushes, and had started out bright and early that morning to try and find it, for he wanted to steal the little speckled eggs, just because they were pretty. It was Tommy Brown, the farmer's boy. When the merry little breezes reached the swamp where the bulrushes grow, they found poor Mrs. Redwing in great distress. She was afraid that Tommy Brown would find her dear little nest, for he was very, very near it, and his eyes were very, very sharp. "'Oh!' cried the merry little breezes. "'We must help Mrs. Redwing save her pretty speckled eggs from bad Tommy Brown.' So one of the merry little breezes whisked Tommy Brown's old straw hat off his head, over into the green meadows. Of course Tommy ran after it. Just as he stooped to pick it up, another little breeze ran away with it. Then they took turns, first one little breeze, then another little breeze, running away with the old straw hat, just as Tommy Brown would almost get his hands on it. Down past the smiling pool and across the laughing brook they raced and chased the old straw hat, Tommy Brown running after it, very cross, very red in the face, and breathing very hard. Way across the green meadows they ran to the edge of the wood, where they hung the old straw hat in the middle of a thorn tree by the time tommy brown had it once more on his head he had forgotten all about mrs redwing and her dear little nest besides he heard the breakfast horn blowing just then so off he started for home up the lone little path through the wood and all the merry little breezes danced away across the green meadows to the swamp where the bulrushes grow to see the new speckled egg in the dear little nest where mrs redwing was singing for joy and while she sang the merry little breezes danced among the bulrushes For they knew, and Mrs. Redwing knew, that some day out of that pretty new speckled egg would come a wee baby Redwing. CHAPTER Two: WHY GRANDFATHER FROG HAS NO Tail. Old Mother Westwind had gone to her day's work, leaving all the merry little breezes to play in the green meadows. They had played tag and run races with the bees, and played hide-and-seek with the sunbeams. And now they had gathered around the smiling pool, where on a green lily-pad sat Grandfather FROG. Grandfather Frog was old, very old indeed, and very, very wise. He wore a green coat, and his voice was very deep. When Grandfather Frog spoke, everybody listened very respectfully. Even Billy Mink treated Grandfather Frog with respect, for Billy Mink's father and his father's father could not remember when Grandfather Frog had not sat on the lily pad watching for green flies. Down in the Smiling Pool were some of Grandfather Frog's great, 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 "'Great-grandchildren. "'You wouldn't have known that they were his grandchildren "'unless someone told you. "'They didn't look the least bit like Grandfather Frog. "'They were round and fat and had long tails, "'and perhaps this is why they were called pollywogs. "'Oh, Grandfather Frog, tell us why you don't have a tail "'as you did when you were young,' "'begged one of the merry little breezes. "'Grandfather Frog snapped up a foolish green fly "'and settled himself on his big lily-pad.' "'while all the merry little breezes gathered round to listen. "'Once on a time,' began Grandfather Frog, "'the frogs ruled the world, which was mostly water. "'There was very little dry land, oh, very little indeed. "'There were no boys to throw stones, "'and no hungry mink to gobble up foolish frog babies "'who were taking a sun-bath. "'Billy Mink, who had joined the merry little breezes "'and was listening, squirmed uneasily "'and looked away guiltily.' "'In those days all the frogs had tails, long, handsome tails, "'of which they were very, very proud indeed,' continued Grandfather Frog. "'The king of all the frogs was twice as big as any other frog, "'and his tail was three times as long. "'He was very proud, oh, very proud indeed, of his long tail. "'He used to sit and admire it until he thought that there never had been "'and never could be another such tail. "'He used to wave it back and forth in the water.' and every time he waved it, all the other frogs would cry, Ah! and Oh! Every day the king grew more vain. He did nothing at all but eat and sleep and admire his tail. Now all the other frogs did just as the king did, so pretty soon none of the frogs were doing anything but sitting about eating, sleeping, and admiring their own tails and the king's. Now you all know that people who do nothing worthwhile in this world are of no use, and there is little room for them. So when Mother Nature saw how useless had become the frog tribe, she called the king frog before her, and she said, Because you can think of nothing but your beautiful tail, it shall be taken away from you. Because you do nothing but eat and sleep, your mouth shall become wide like a door, and your eyes shall start forth from your head. You shall become bow-legged and ugly to look at, and all the world shall laugh at you. THE KING FROG LOOKED AT HIS BEAUTIFUL TAIL, AND ALREADY IT SEEMED TO HAVE GROWN SHORTER. HE LOOKED AGAIN, AND IT WAS SHORTER STILL. EVERY TIME HE LOOKED, HIS TAIL HAD GROWN SHORTER AND SMALLER. BY AND BY, WHEN HE LOOKED, THERE WAS NOTHING LEFT BUT A LITTLE STUB WHICH HE COULDN'T EVEN WRIGGLE. THEN EVEN THAT DISAPPEARED, HIS EYES POPPED OUT OF HIS HEAD, AND HIS MOUTH GREW BIGGER AND BIGGER. Old Grandfather Frog stopped and looked sadly at a foolish green fly coming his way. Chug-a-rum, said Grandfather Frog, opening his mouth very wide and hopping up in the air. When he sat down again on his big lily-pad, the green fly was nowhere to be seen. Grandfather Frog smacked his lips and continued, And from that day to this, every frog has started life with a big tail and as he has grown bigger and bigger, his tail has grown smaller and smaller, until finally it disappears, and then he remembers how foolish and useless it is to be vain of what nature has given us. And that is how I came to lose my tail," finished Grandfather Frog. "'Thank you,' shouted all the merry little breezes. "'We won't forget,' Then they ran a race to see who could reach Johnny Chuck's home first and tell him that Farmer Brown was coming down on the Green Meadows with a gun. Chapter 3 How Reddy Fox was Surprised Johnny Chuck and Reddy Fox lived very near together on the edge of the Green Meadows. Johnny Chuck was fat and roly-poly. Reddy Fox was slim and wore a bright red coat. Reddy Fox used to like to frighten Johnny Chuck by suddenly popping out from behind a tree and making believe that he was going to eat Johnny Chuck all up. One bright summer day, Johnny Chuck was out looking for a good breakfast of nice tender clover. He had wandered quite a long way from his snug little house in the long meadow grass, although his mother had told him never to go out of sight of the door. But Johnny was like some little boys, I know, and forgot all he had been told. He walked and walked and walked. Every few minutes Johnny Chuck saw something farther on that looked like a patch of nice fresh clover, and every time when he reached it, Johnny Chuck found that he had made a mistake. So Johnny Chuck walked and walked and walked. Old Mother Westwind, coming across the green meadows, saw Johnny Chuck and asked him where he was going. Johnny Chuck pretended not to hear and just walked faster. "'One of the merry little breezes danced along in front of him. "'Look out, Johnny-chuck, you will get lost,' cried the merry little breeze, "'and then pulled Johnny's whiskers and ran away. "'Higher and higher up in the sky climbed round, red Mr. Sun. "'Every time Johnny-chuck looked up at him, Mr. Sun winked. "'So long as I can see great, round, red Mr. Sun, and he winks at me, "'I can't be lost,' thought Johnny-chuck, and trotted on looking for clover.' By and by, Johnny Chuck really did find some clover, just the sweetest clover that grew in the green meadows. Johnny Chuck ate and ate and ate, and then what do you think he did? Why, he curled right up in the nice sweet clover and went fast asleep. Great round red Mr. Sun kept climbing higher and higher up in the sky. Then, by and by, he began to go down on the other side, and long shadows began to creep out across the green meadows." Johnny Chuck didn't know anything about them. He was fast asleep. By and by, one of the merry little breezes found Johnny Chuck all curled up in a funny round ball. Wake up, Johnny Chuck, wake up, shouted the merry little breeze. Johnny Chuck opened his eyes. Then he sat up and rubbed them. For just a few, few minutes, he couldn't remember where he was at all. By and by he sat up very straight to look over the grass and see where he was. But he was so far from home that he didn't see a single thing that looked at all like the things he was used to. The trees were all different. The bushes were all different. Everything was different. Johnny Chuck was lost. Now when Johnny sat up, Reddy Fox happened to be looking over the green meadows, and he saw Johnny's head where it popped above the grass. "'Aha!' said Reddy Fox." I'll scare Johnny Chuck so he'll wish he'd never put his nose out of his house. Then Reddy dropped down behind the long grass and crept softly, oh, ever so softly, through the paths of his own, until he was right behind Johnny Chuck. Johnny Chuck had been so intent looking for home that he didn't see anything else. Reddy Fox stole right up behind Johnny and pulled Johnny's little short tail hard. How it did frighten Johnny Chuck! He jumped right straight up in the air, and when he came down, he was the maddest little woodchuck that ever lived in the green meadows. Reddy Fox had thought that Johnny would run, and then Reddy meant to run after him and pull his tail and tease him all the way home. Now Reddy Fox got as big a surprise as Johnny had had when Reddy pulled his tail. Johnny didn't stop to think that Reddy Fox was twice as big as he, but with his eyes snapping and chattering as only a little chuck can chatter and with every little hair on his little body standing right up on end so that he seemed twice as big as he really was, he started for Reddy Fox. It surprised Reddy Fox so that he didn't know what to do, and he simply ran. Johnny Chuck ran after him, nipping Reddy's heels every minute or two. Peter Rabbit just happened to be down that way. He was sitting up very straight, looking to see what mischief he could get into when he caught sight of Reddy Fox running as hard as ever he could. "'It must be that Bowser the Hound is after Reddy Fox,' said Peter Rabbit to himself. "'I must watch out that he doesn't find me.' "'Just then he caught sight of Johnny Chuck with every little hare standing up on end "'and running after Reddy Fox as fast as his short legs could go. "'Ho, ho, ho!' shouted Peter Rabbit. "'Reddy Fox afraid of Johnny Chuck. Ho, ho, ho!' Then Peter Rabbit scampered away to find Jimmy Skunk and Bobby Coon and Happy Jack Squirrel to tell them all about how Reddy Fox had run away from Johnny Chuck, for, you see, they were all a little afraid of Reddy Fox. Straight home ran Reddy Fox as fast as he could go, and going home he passed the house of Johnny Chuck. Now Johnny couldn't run so fast as Reddy Fox, and he was puffing and blowing as only a fat little woodchuck can puff and blow when he has to run hard. Moreover, he had lost his ill temper now, and he thought it was the best joke ever to think that he had actually frightened Reddy Fox. When he came to his own house, he stopped and sat on his hind legs once more. Then he shrilled out after Reddy Fox, "Reddy Fox is afraid cat, afraid cat. Reddy Fox is afraid cat." And all the merry little breezes of Old Mother West Wind, who were playing on the green meadows, shouted, "Reddy Fox is afraid cat, afraid cat." And this is the way that Reddy Fox was surprised, and that Johnny Chuck found his way home. End of section 1